0: Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be having an introduction to lean in production with the help of special guest Doug Howard, of our modelers advantage alongside tim fowler i'm your co-host steve wheeler here is the tim fowler show
1: hi everyone i'm tim fowler and thank you for turning into tuning to the tim fowler show just want to say thanks to everybody who has sent in ideas uh for the podcast it's uh very helpful and keep sending them if you have one Send it in to Tim at RemodelersAdvantage.com. So today we're talking about lean in remodeling. Now, it's L-E-A-N, which I understand really doesn't stand for anything specific. And so me being me, I kind of feel like it has to. So here's what I think it means. Leverage efficient actions now. Essentially, it's the way we encapsulate all the things we're trying to do to make companies more efficient, or perhaps we're even talking about just incremental improvement. Our guest today has helped governmental organizations, believe it or not, and some private industries to actually implement lean and become more efficient, and so after he joined Us at Remodelers Advantage, he's been helping remodeling companies see how all the aspects of lean can really help them. Some of the concepts that are part of lean just jump out at you when you think of remodeling production. For example, one of the concepts is the eight wastes, which we'll talk about in some detail, but there's two of them that just are obvious to all of us in production. Defects and weighting. You know, it's like time lost and defects going back and fixing them. But there are others that are more subtle. And I think the great thing about them is that they make you dig in a little bit. It's not just that obvious top of mind thing that hits you, but it's that the subtle things that you have to dig in. And when you find those things, then you can really start getting rid of some of those hidden inefficiencies. One of the other things that I love about this lean model is just how down-to-earth it is. Uh, I think just my production nature just hits me with these very down-to-earth approach. I love lists, and we have the eight wastes, which I already mentioned. There's the five Ys and the five Ss of workplace organization. So I love talking about this kind of stuff. So, Steve... Before you and I met, Doug, had you ever heard of this idea?
0: You know, I had heard of Lean. I had heard of kind of Six Sigma, that type of stuff. But, you know, never, I never went much farther than that. It always seemed intimidating to me. It always <laughs> seemed like it was bigger than kind of the um, the company that I had or the production system that I had in place. Uh, so I never really, you know, I was always working to be more efficient, but there were never principles around it or... A certain methodology so you know i know tim uh, or just talking with doug you know the amount of changes that people are able to make it's extraordinary so i I sure could have used it in many ways how about you
1: well you know i i had heard the expression but i never really applied it to remodeling again i think it always was a big manufacturing company thing Mm -hmm. And uh, it just kind of got dismissed. And I, uh, the more I'm involved in it, the more I see how practical it is for us.
0: Let's go ahead and introduce Doug. Doug Howard is the Director of Consulting for Remodelers Advantage, having joined the team in 2017. Doug is an entrepreneur and small business consultant with over 25 years of success in leading organizations, starting new organizations, and assisting client companies as they start up and grow. He specializes in helping small and medium-sized businesses plan and implement the strategies that lead to successful rapid growth. Today, he's working with remodelers across the country in areas such as budgeting, cash flow growth, process improvement, profit enhancement, and succession planning. Welcome to the show, Doug. Thanks, Steve. It's great to be here.
1: So some of you will recognize that uh, Doug was on us a while on with us a while back talking about cash flow, and so we thought we'd drag him back in here and, and get him talking about some of the other things that he's real keen on. So Doug, just give us your definition of lean. How how do you? Uh, define it and maybe explain it to
2: people as you're talking about it. Sure. So, Lean, I think, and Steve, you captured this a little bit, is the idea of having principles and practices, a set of tools, um, a structured way of really looking for continuous improvement in processes. And it's not really just about looking at how we can improve processes, it's specifically looking at the eight wastes, Tim, that you, re- you referenced, and how do we get those wastes eliminated? And so it becomes sort of a, uh, almost of a, a detective process. When we look at our um, processes from end to end, and then there's the specific strategies for saying, okay, well, if I'm seeing something like a defect or waiting or whatever it might be, what are the things that I can employ so that as I go from what we're doing now, which we call the current state, To what we'd like to be doing which is the future state how do we create a process with less steps and less time invested in it all of which in our industry contributes to the overall objective of getting projects done on time and on budget
1: yeah so this is really a a great step in developing processes as well as detecting waste is that that what you're trying to say
2: yeah because most of us have processes that have evolved over time and it's not You know, we don't go seeking out how to create a bad process. It's just things get added over time, steps get in the way, information doesn't necessarily flow the way it could. And all of a sudden we sit there and say, you know, we have an eight week design process or it takes us 12 weeks to do a certain activity. And we look back and say, well, we're not really working on it for eight weeks. What are the things that are going on? Some things take some time waiting for customers to make selections and that kind of thing. Other things things are simply just extra steps in the process that can be eliminated without reducing the customer experience. And in fact, it actually enhances the customer experience.
1: Yeah, I think the place where I see it the most is companies who are growing and at, let's say, $2 million, a certain process works. And then as they get to $3 million, they're just so stressed out. But they don't stop to think about, like, can this change or should this change? And then again, on the flip side, I think the companies that we see really blazing trails in terms of growth are the ones that are looking at it going like, man, we got to change and evolve as we move forward.
2: Yeah. And I think we see folks that it's a natural thing to add steps into the process, to check on things that weren't done the way they could have been in the first place. And Tim, I know you're... uh, Uh, the advocate for the zero punch list. But when I first heard that, I thought, you know, that's exactly the kind of thing that uh, really captures the essence of lean, which is if we have processes that have to be done right earlier on in the process, we don't get to a quality control step or a reworking step or things that, you know, when it came out of manufacturing, people uh, relegated to, well, the dealer will take care of those loose door handles or whatever it might be. Uh, it was the elimination of those steps at the very inception. So I think uh, it it very much goes hand in hand with a lot of things uh, that you've always advocated for good production.
1: All right, so let's just jump right into this really down-to-earth stuff. So one of the things that uh, is a big deal, at least the way I see it in Lean, is these eight wastes. And I'm just going to read through them just so the listeners can hear them up front. But then maybe just... uh, talk about each one or, or some of them and uh ways that we need to look at them maybe so that as we are looking at a company or I'm looking at my company let's say I might find some of them so they so they make a really nice uh statement so its defects is the first one overproduction is the second one waiting then non utilized Talent, transportation, inventory, motion, and extra processing. So maybe just give us some thoughts on these, uh, Doug. And then maybe, again, like I was saying, if I was like thinking about non-utilized talent, how would I think about seeing that within a
2: company? Sure. So I think the two that we most commonly see and that are probably most obvious are defects and waiting, and they they take a tremendous amount of time in our process. And, you know, defects is just anything we do that we need to do again because it wasn't done right the first time. That's the obvious piece. The less obvious piece is when we build double and triple checks into our processes because we don't have confidence that we're going to do it right the first time. It doesn't seem like a defect, but it actually adds a tremendous amount to our process. Things, same thing with waiting. Some waiting is just part of, you know, the normal course of things. A lot of times waiting is finding somebody that doesn't have the right information as early on in the process as they could. And every time we find an opportunity to front load the process, getting more information up front, having more instruction at the beginning, it's amazing how many times waiting that seems unavoidable during the process can actually go by the wayside.
1: Yeah, so let me just interrupt here. I can hear all the production people in the world going, that's the job binder. That's the job binder. (laughs)
2: Right, right. And um, but things like overproduction, you know, really have to do with, um, you know, adding lots of steps that really are not part of the process, not part of the or having one piece of the step really out of sync in terms of how much time is being spent on it relative to everything else. And so, like, for instance, when we see projects go from uh, design to the, you know, the handoff to production, if, if we're setting things up in design to go much faster or much slower than what can be absorbed in production. That's a situation with overproduction where we're actually lessening clients' um, uh, customer satisfaction because we zip through a part of it and then they hit a wall or vice versa. So the even flow of work is something that you spend a lot of time working on when you're developing a good system that doesn't have overproduction. Things like motion can simply just be how we lay out the job site. You know, where are we parking the trailer or the vehicle? Um, there's just a lot of things where we're walking back and forth. And it seems so small until you do it a 100 times over the course of a job and that it really is quite significant. Um, and so, the, you know, there's those kinds of things. Non-utilized talent, I think, is a really interesting one because it's really when we're not getting the most out of our people. To me, the biggest contributor of that is meetings. Um, You know, when we pull people out of the field to have a meeting, if it's an important meeting and we use the time effectively, that's great. But a lot of times we have the same meeting over and over because we don't really have clear action steps. Sometimes we have meetings that because of the socialization or socializing part of it are all twice as long as they should be. One of the earliest things I start with with folks is just say, listen, take every hour long meeting you have. And try to do it in 45 minutes. It is amazing the amount of impact that can have over a period of, of time. Um, but uh, so those are some things that, you know, there, there are some that jump right out at you. Others, as you start to dig in, you realize, boy, this is just kind of built into so many of the things that we do. We also see it when people go to new technology. You know, if you go to a, a new uh, project management software program, there's probably things in the system you had to do when they were manual that you still do, um, which, you know, when you first transition, it's good to have a double check, but we tend to add steps to processes and not go back and take steps out. Um, and so that's an area where we see, well, I I do this in, you know, co-construct or build a trend or whatever, but I still like to do it in Excel to make sure it's correct. Or I still do, it, you know, well, those are all extra steps that say we don't have the confidence or the, the level of quality at the other, you know, at the point of what we're doing now, and that all adds to the, to the time involved.
1: So can you, I mean, one of the things I like to do when I'm working with companies is do, do the math. And so I can, I'm sitting here picturing while you're talking about meetings, a, a production meeting. And so you have lead carpenters, project managers, everybody sitting there. And if you add up the dollars and cents that's sitting in that room, and then you take 15 minutes, I mean, that's a lot of money for, for any company of any size to be absorbing. And and you're right, the, the time that it takes to kind of connect and so forth like that and get things done that are not really business is quite an exceptional amount of money.
2: Yeah, and I think also, you know, a lot of it has to do with just the agenda. Make sure if we're going to have a meeting, we have an agenda, we know what we're going to talk about, let's stay on track. But we literally just did this with a remodel here in Maryland, and we took every one of his hour-long uh, meetings and cut them to a half hour, and every one of his weekly meetings except one, except the production meeting, and and just changed it to every other week. And the right. fact is, they're having better meetings and spending a lot less time doing it.
1: Fantastic. So one of my initial introductions to the lean uh, processes was a, a little seminar I went to a couple of years back, and the speaker uh, focused on the five whys and I was just sitting there and it just blew me away. I I just looked at it and I said, this is so dead on because again, in my work with companies, I find very knee jerk reactions. So why are we going over budget? Well, it must be the estimate. Well, and then it stops or it must be the lead carpenter's not working hard and then it stops. And so Give us a little bit about the concept behind the five whys, and then let's chat a little bit about how it applies to
2: production in the uh... Sure. So there's, there's a great Einstein quote that says, if I had an hour to save the world, I'd spend 55 minutes diagnosing the problem and five minutes coming up with solutions. Yeah. And the fact is, a lot of times we spend a lot of time trying to solve a problem that isn't the cause of the problem, the root cause. And, you know, so back in the day, Taichi Ono, who was one of the founders of Lean, said, we're going to keep digging and digging until we get to the root cause. He settled on five whys. I'm not sure what the magic of five is, and, and sometimes maybe you go a little deeper, but it's really born out of what every three or four-year-old kid is really great at, which is, <laughs> I'm going to keep digging until you say something that resonates with something else that I already know. And yep. so the example I always give is, you know, if we're trying to solve the wrong problem, a lot of times people come to me with a cash flow issue. And so I say, OK, well, we started with, well, we have a cash flow issue. Well, why is that? Well, we didn't get the check from Mr. Smith. OK, well, maybe we need to just go harass Mr. Smith or you know, <laughs> look at our draw schedule or all those things. Right. Well, why didn't we get the check from Mr. Smith? Well, the inspection didn't get pleaded, could get completed for that phase of the work. Okay, well, maybe it's the issue of how we're scheduling inspections or the jurisdictions are overloaded with work right now or whatever. Okay, is that the issue? Well, why didn't we get the inspection? Well, the work didn't get done for a certain phase. Okay, well, now I've got to talk to the, the trades, right? Why are we not getting this thing done on time or where we thought we were? In? Well, why, why did that happen? Well, the right material wasn't shipped from the supplier. Okay, well now we're focused on the supplier. When in fact we get to the next why, which is why didn't we get the right material? And it's because there was a change somewhere along the way that didn't get into our system internally or communicated to the right people. We could spend hours solving the question of Mr. Smith's financial worthiness, How we schedule inspections, how we go through the process of, you know, choosing our our subcontractors, uh, ordering materials, all to find out it's a communications issue in-house. And the nice thing about it is when you find a root cause to a problem and you truly solve it, A, the problem doesn't come back, but B, you almost always solve another problem related to that root cause.
1: So, as the more I got to thinking about this, the more it feels like... Even as you're asking all those why's, somewhere in there we're going to have a branch too. So that, you know, so if we're working backwards from not getting the draw, then at some point in time we may go toward that communication problem, but we may also go towards a change order problem or something like that. It, do, do you find that to be true?
2: Absolutely. And and the thing is, you know, sometimes there can be a couple of contributing factors. And even though this particular factor was communication, we also know that maybe we would have caught it earlier with a better change order process or, you know, some other element in there. So it does. It causes you to spend your time really making sure you're getting better at the things that are going to make the biggest impact. And the ironic thing about it with all the improvement is it's not just that you get better from the customer standpoint or from the cost standpoint. The work actually gets less frustrating from the employee standpoint. And so morale actually even tends to improve. Doug, I have
0: uh, two questions here. We'll start with uh, the first one. There is an inconsistent nature of remodeling that's just very hard to control. It was always, for me, it was different project, different client, different house, working with different employees who had different skill sets. So um, what, what is really the foundation of where you start when you're trying to you know do so many different things, you know, doing different projects, different houses, different clients, I mean, where's the foundation
2: of where you start with Lean in production? So the, the two things I would say, Steve, is one thing I always try to give people as an example is, you know, if you go to a Subway sandwich shop, they make a thousand different iterations of sandwiches every single day, mm-hmm. okay? With all the different possible combinations. And the fact is, because their system is set up to understand and absorb those and understand the steps in the process, it really doesn't matter if you add one kind of cheese and I add a different kind of cheese or I have black olives or you don't. We built a system that says you and I can go through that line at the height of their activity, get the right thing, and because we're involved in the the quality control, we're watching the process, we actually become part of the quality control process. So when folks, I start working with folks, a lot of times they'll say to me, Doug, I'm going to start at my very first process and go all the way to the end. I'm going to write out everything I'm doing from when a lead comes in until I get that final check. And I say, listen, that's awesome. In seven years, when you finish that project, call me and then we'll start working on lean, right? It's an overwhelming process. You couldn't really do it. So I like to look at it. If you, ever, if you ever look at your GPS map like during traffic mm-hmm. and you see that some roads are yellow and some roads are red and you, you make decisions based on that and say, okay, I'm going to stay off the beltway because yeah. you know it's red. When we look at our processes, it's those red processes that that's where we start. We start where the biggest pain is. Okay. And so if we're mostly held up because of this phenomenon, that's what I want to dig into. I don't care if it's step 117 out of 254 that's where we start
0: okay and then we're going to continue on the uh the subway model here with my next question but so you know you kind of dealt with this with the five whys but my another huge issue is the impact of others so it's the subcontractors the suppliers and the inspectors so if i need a new piece of cheese delivered every time i have a sub and then have the sandwich inspected I guess you, you, you don't have a damaged piece of cheese like a cabinet, right. you know, so to send that back and have somebody bring me. So I guess, right. you know, to keep that cycle and to get a rhythm when you have these outside factors of people that aren't doing
2: lean. Right. So there's two things you have to do when you go through these lean processes. You have to make sure you include the outside factors. Mm-hmm. So if you have an outside engineer or you have a, you know, whatever it might be, they really need to be part of the process when you go through it. The second thing is sometimes we'll do things like we'll order cabinets, we'll get them 2 weeks before the job starts and you know, we'll open them the day before the job starts and find out that they're damaged then. Well, maybe our process just simply needs to be we open them and check them when we first get them because we still have time to fix that problem. But what it comes down to really is and Toyota realized this very early on. They went through all of their processes and then they realized they could not be Fundamentally successful if their suppliers and other people they work with also weren't incorporated in the lean process. So we've actually talked to a couple of companies and we're on the verge of of starting to do some of this of actually bringing in some of their more some of the subcontractors they work with more frequently and involving them in the process. You know, what does it mean when scheduling is off? Now, the great thing for them is it's great training for them, too. Yeah. But you really can't, if you have a significant part of the quality of your work handled by somebody else, you can't get there if they can't get there. Yeah. So it's a great question. That's great. Yeah.
1: yeah that's really, really great. So let's talk about the last of the, the numbered things that I mentioned in the introduction. That's the five S's of workplace organization. So just give us some uh, feedback on what those are and and how they play into this uh, setup.
2: Sure, so to successfully implement lean, it's important to realize that it's about three things. It's about culture, it's about work process, workflow, and workplace and so the five s's really address the workplace it's how can we better line up the workplace to support the things we're trying to do to have an effective process so the s's themselves and some of the words sometimes get substituted but they basically stand for um uh to sort to standardize to shine wait i got that wrong um yeah and to sustain was that five Um, And so the whole idea behind it really is is that we take the things out of the work. That's right. It's sort, straighten, shine, (laughs) standardize, and sustain. So first thing we do is we take all the stuff out of the workplace that we don't need. Stuff in the truck that's just in the way that we're never going to use. Materials that we save in the warehouse that we're never going to use. Things on our hard drive that just clutter things up. And the idea is if I get that out of the way... I'm much more effective at being able to see what I do have, what I might need. By straining things up, it's things like these these particular items going in a particular place. They're on a particular shelf within the truck. they um, you know, th- there's a, p- a place for everything and everything in its place. Shine is just keeping it clean. Standardizing is making sure that everybody's on the same page. So when I put this particular saw back in this place, that's where it goes for everybody. And then to sustain it, which is the hard part. Like, if you've, ever, if you've ever cleaned out your closet, you know, the question is not how it looks the day you did it. The question is, if three months later, can you tell that you actually did uh, do it? And so, like, for instance, when we had a gentleman... Um, They went through the lean training, and he went back to his facility, and on a day between projects, he took the three service vans that they had and took everything out of them. And uh, in that, he had two vans that were set up the same way. One was set up differently because it was bought at a different time. They standardized the shelving. They marked on the shelves what they should have. They took everything out of the vans they didn't need. He told me he found enough nails to build, you know, probably two houses. And at the same time, you know, they were reordering things that they maybe already had, getting to a job site, not knowing if they had a piece of equipment, even though it should have been there. It was one of those things where all of a sudden, just getting that done made them much more effective. And, uh, and making it standard meant it didn't matter which van you grabbed that day, um, you know, and that's, that's another piece of it as well. So it's just really to set the stage. It can be, you know, in the warehouse, it can be, you know, and I always tell people if it's good for the Fitbit, you know, if you get your 10,000 steps in, walk into the printer, the printer ought to be somewhere more central. You know? <laughs> uh, but we're paying for those steps along the way. And there's nothing yeah. about walking back and forth to the truck or Tim, as you've mentioned many times, trips to the lumber yard. There's nothing about that that makes the project more valuable for the customer.
1: Yeah. I, I'm just sitting here thinking about how as I grow older, I'm getting better and better at keeping my desk clean. So I figure. By the time I'm finally ready to retire and just go fishing all the time, my desk will always be
2: clean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's probably a good so, indicator, yeah.
1: So, Doug, how does this work in real life? If I'm a manager of a company or a, a in production, how do I get started on this? And and what does it look like in my daily my daily world?
2: And when you say this, you mean by the 5S? Uh, The whole thing. Oh, the whole thing. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the whole thing really comes down to a couple of things. First of all, senior management usually knows why they want to do this. They're they're after some savings or efficiency or whatever. A big part of it is getting folks on board very quickly uh, and making sure that we give them some sort of training. If you only have a couple of people involved – People are asking more questions about things than they are getting supportive of it. So you wanna just lay out what is the purpose? What are we doing? I know one of the things we love to do with folks is when they go through any sort of training or consulting is give them the slides to work with their folks. Like just, this is how to have a staff meeting about lean. The second thing really is to make sure you pick something very small to start with. The big mistake people make is they take on a project that's way too big and they get lost in the shuffle. So we say, you know what? If it's 5S, let's clean out a closet. If we're gonna check, talk about you know, uh, actually improving a process, maybe it's how we intake a lead, but it's something where we have very measurable steps. We know what's going on right now and we can get an early success. And then when we get that success, we start to build some of those skills, some enthusiasm for it, measure some progress. Then we get into that, well, what are the biggest projects that we really need to tackle and how do we get people involved? And so, you know, it's, it's like anything else. People, I hear people all the time say, Oh, I did lean, you know, or I went to that seminar. I read that book. It's like, that's like when I said, like, I drove by the gym. I don't understand why I don't look better than I do. <laughs> right. Or even if I go to the gym a few times, why don't I look better than I do? This is all about a long-term commitment to conditioning our thinking to something that's ongoing. It's not just the week we didn't eat bread. It's the ongoing way we're thinking about how we do those things so people got to be in in for the long haul if they really want to see the benefits of it the amazing thing is when those benefits start to take hold they end up so much further down the road especially as it relates to competitors and things like that it's very hard to catch up you take someone that's truly lean and the way they do things you know you look at the way toyota builds a car or southwest Airlines turns around a flight um it gets to the point where it's so ingrained in what they do. It's hard for competitors to compete. And really what that says on the production side and on the profit side is, you know, we end up being able to maintain a strong margin and still be competitive when we're out competing for work. And that's really, I think where everybody wants to be.
1: So Doug, as we're winding this up, uh, you mentioned, you know, the gym and cleaning out the closet and how things don't often stick. Um, Give us a, some idea about how to make something like this stick long-term because i know for myself and for companies i i work with they get on fads about stuff they hear something at a seminar and they go oh we're gonna do this and then they fall back into that routine of just the way it's always been so uh again as we're wrapping this up Give us some ideas about how to make anything stick, but particularly this
2: lean process. Yeah. The thing I like to do is when people set like two year goals for the project, you know, these are things that we're going to cover over some period of time. Um, That tends to be at least setting the tone that we're not expecting this to be an overnight success. Um, A lot of it's got to do with the owner staying engaged. I mean, uh, it really is a big part of it. Owners that say, "Okay, well, here you go. Let's do this," and they move on mentally to something else. There's just so much involved in consistency and accountability and those kinds of things to really get this successful. Um, incentives are a big deal. You know, if we can get to this number, if we can streamline this process, or even just celebrating some of the great things that are happening along the way. You know, we're going to have a quarterly meeting to look at how we're doing with our lean. Those those kinds of things really help. Um, But and and just really, like I said, if you start small and get some momentum, momentum is a big deal with any cultural change. And that's really what this is, I think. So I think those are the kinds of things um, that we look for. And sometimes we'll realize somebody's looking for a more dramatic or, you know, short term issue they're trying to solve. They're not really ready for lean. So making sure that they've really readied themselves, that they have time for the meetings. You know, there's nothing worse than saying, okay, we're going to do this great thing. And then by the second month, the boss is saying well we don't have time for that lean thing get back on the job you know and it's like (laughs) but then two months later saying well why didn't we pursue lean and it's like okay this is one of those things that's we've got to build the time we got to build it as a priority and and to do that real conditioning so that's why i like to say start slow build you'll get to that momentum point and then it really does take on a life of its own
1: this has really been fantastic. I've learned a lot. I hope listeners have as well. Thank you so
2: much Doug
0: yeah and and Doug, where can uh, if people have questions or want to know more about lean, where can they reach you?
2: Um, they can reach me through the Remodelers Advantage website. Um, my email is doug at remodelersadvantage.com, or we actually have a new site for uh, called leanremodeling.com, which we're going to be populating with a lot more of this kind of information. Cool. Well, thank you again. This is your second time
0: on. I know we'll have you on again because I think there's a lot more to talk about with Lean. So thank you. Thank you. Okay, Tim, that was fantastic. And another awesome episode with Doug. Uh, I still have so many questions, but he answered a lot of my questions that I mentioned in the beginning of the show.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I learned a lot. Uh, I always learn on these podcasts, but I just learned so much. And I'm just, again, kind of hearing all these people out there going like, dig in a little deeper, tell me about this, tell me about that. And uh, like you said, I think we'll we'll come back to that. I think there's a couple of big things that came out. Number one, uh, pick those problem spots and deal with those, and don't don't worry about the whole uh, ball of wax. Um, just making sure you're committed for the long haul, and and that's not just with lean, but that's with any kind of improvement process. But it, it's a it's a really bad message when we get started on something and then we just get distracted by something else. So I think those were a couple of the big turn, big things.
0: Yes. And once again, we would like to thank Doug Howard for joining us and thank you for listening to another episode of the Tim Fowler show.
1: And remember we're helping the bottom line through production
0: training. This has been another episode of the Tim Fowler show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth?